Just like an actual toolbox, you need to have a variety of financial tools at your disposal so your retirement portfolio can handle any situation that comes your way. Scott Searles is a certified wealth strategist and the CEO of Skybox Asset Management. He can help you build a solid financial plan that will stand the test of time. This is the Retirement Toolbox Podcast. It's the Retirement Toolbox. Walter Storholt back with Scott Searles, financial advisor at Skybox Asset Management. And you can find us online by going to skyboxasset.com for more information about the show, to subscribe and listen to past episodes. Scott, great to be with you this week. What's going on in your world? Hey, Walter. I'm, well, everything's great. I'm, I'm a little hungry, though. I, hungry? Uh, yeah. You, you know, my wife and I, we started this intermittent fasting thing so oh, I could okay. you know, uh-huh. lo- lose a few pounds here and there. And you know, by the, the time we're recording this, it's about 1.30 and I've not eaten anything yet today and I am mm. about ready to start eating my shirt. So uh, if your performance so, is really bad on the show today, we can blame it on the intermittent fasting. Yeah, that's it. I, my mind is cloudy <laughs> because I just think of hamburgers, hot dogs, and ribs. Oh. Yeah. Well, you know I'm in the same today. boat today, right? I mean, like it's I'm it's also one thirty for me, and I haven't eaten eaten lunch yet either. So I did eat breakfast though, so I didn't fast this morning. So you know what? The, you know, if we were doing a cooking show, I would be in big trouble. A oh cooking my gosh. podcast. There you go. That's true. What? How has it gone? How I've talked to a couple of people about intermittent fasting, and people seem to be pretty positive about the experience. You know, it, it's worked really well. I was on it a while, and then I stopped and kind of got off of it. And that's where I'm having my problems, adjusting back to it. But once I started doing it for a while, it's actually easy. I really don't get hungry. It doesn't bother me that much. And, uh, yeah, I mean, and as far as the weight loss, yeah, it's been working. But like I said, I kind of went off of it and went on. But I, I think I'm down at this point in time probably right around – 10, 11 pounds. Nice. That's very good improvement. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic. We'll keep up the keep up the good work. I expect another 10 pounds next month, okay? Yeah. We'll give you the, yeah. so, give so you the challenge. That'd be great. Give you the challenge. Yeah. Report, report back to us. See how it's going. Okay. Well, fantastic. <laughs> We've got a great show on the way today. We're going to talk about, uh, oh, hey, Scott's got some desire to lose some weight. We're going to talk about the desire to retire. You know, what motivates people to retire? How urgent Leave you some people want to retire versus others. And then what does that tell us about the retirement planning process? We're going to talk about those different levels of that spectrum, see where you might fall on the spectrum of that desire to retire and how it might influence your financial plan. All that. Plus, we're going to answer a question from one of our listeners on today's show. This one's going to come to us from Miles, and he's working with multiple advisors and has a question about should he kind of decide on one or is it okay to have everything all split up like that? So that'd be kind of a cool question to approach today as well. We're going to dive into all of it on today's show. But as we mentioned, Scott, different people have different levels of desire when it comes to finding their retirement date. We're going to explore these different levels of desire as indicated by, I'm going to kind of role play a little bit. I'll give you some statements that I'm sure you've heard someone say in your office before, if not many times. And we'll discuss how you maybe help somebody who's at these different levels, these different stages of retirement desire. So the first person, the first level is that person who kind of never sees themselves retiring. They probably say to you, Scott, I don't ever see myself retiring. I love what I do. I'm never going to never gonna change that. You have those people come to your office from time to time? Yeah. You know what? It's actually much more common than you might think. And, uh, you know, people love, you know, they love their job. They love working. And they just say, I'm just going to die in my office chair. 
or die in the factory, whatever. You know, the one thing about this is what everybody needs to take into account that there might very well become a, you know, a time when you can't physically work anymore or you lose your job or they say, you know what, they kind of force you into retirement. And, you know, because of that, it makes a lot of sense for you to get a plan in place and kind of know where your numbers are at. Because, you know, if something does happen, if someone becomes sick or, or maybe your spouse becomes sick and you have to take care of them, whatever the case may be, you, there are things that could force you into retirement that you didn't necessarily foresee. So just kind of having that plan together, having that strategy, knowing it's in your back pocket, you can work as long as you want. But if something does happen, you can pull the plan out and say, boy, Scott and I, we went over my situation. I know that, it, you know, if I needed to quit working or, you know, this happens, you don't panic. You know that you've got those numbers in place and, and you know, you're going to be able to, to fund your lifestyle from that point on. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And so many people will find themselves in that barometer, probably even more so as we go forward, Scott, as people are staying more active longer and they're, we're in kind of a world where people are pursuing their passions more and more, uh, you may find more and more people who really do enjoy what they do and don't have the intention on pulling that traditional retirement lever. Uh, that takes mm -hmm. us to stage or level number two of the desire to retirement scale here. I guess I could retire, somebody might say in your office, Scott, but you know they pay me pretty well and I don't hate it, so I might as well keep working. Not quite the same convictions as level one. What's happening to that person across from you usually? Yeah, I call this the greedy grandpa stage. Uh, <laughs> you know, you, you just, uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I guess I could retire, but you know, I'm making good money. I, I don't really hate it, but it's easy to just get that paycheck every day. And I think a lot of the times the people that that say this to me, it seems to me that, you know, it's easier for them to work than it is for them to actually get that plan in place. And I think once they get that plan in place, a lot of the times, you know, their perspective changes. They, they get excited. They're, they're like, oh boy, I really can do this. Well, now I can see myself, you know, not going into work every day because if, you know, if indeed it is easy to be able to retire and I know, and I've got those funds available, then yeah, I can see myself doing something else besides just continuing to work and continuing to make the money because there reaches a point where you don't need any more money. You've accumulated what you need to retire. And then at that point, you don't need to work anymore. So when you have a plan in place and you kind of see that light at the tunnel, a lot of people kind of change their minds. Yeah, I can see that. I like that. The, the, called it the greedy grandpa stage. That's good. <laughs> Not that you need to be a grandpa to retire. It's just yeah, yeah. but it just it was I funny. like to have fun with it. It was funny. I liked it. Uh, we get to level three next to Scott. These are the folks who sit across from me and say, "Yeah, I'd like to retire in a few years, but I have no idea when I really can." This person, I guess, just just really hasn't gotten into the planning process at all, right? Yeah, you know, this is kind of that that person that hasn't done anything at all, and that they're you know maybe it scares them a little bit, and then. Once they get the, they meet with somebody, they take a look at, at their assets and their income. We take a look at Social Security. We get everything all laid out and they become comfortable with it and comfortable with the way they're investing. You know, they realize that they're in a little bit better shape than they might have thought they were. And once you get a plan in, strat in place, 
that you know covers a lot of their concerns that they have about retirement because that's a big part of retirement planning is having a conversation with somebody saying, you know, in the, in this guy's case, I'd like to retire in a few years, but I really don't know what I can. Well, what makes you think that you can't? What are you worried about? What are your biggest concerns? And then a good financial advisor is going to show you that you don't need to be concerned with that. In some cases, maybe you still need to, but you know, kind of lay everything out for you. You know, you're starting from scratch, lay the plan out, take a look at everything from A to Z. And then once you start feeling more comfortable with it, you realize you might be in better shape. You know, then you can kind of see that big picture and get yourself, you know, ready to retire. Have you identified with any of the levels that we've talked about yet, your desire to retire? Where do you sit on the spectrum as we walk through it? Here's another example, Scott. Let's say I'm across from you and I say, I know I always pictured myself working another few years, but the idea of retirement keeps looking better and better. Somebody who's not the greedy grandpa anymore, they're kind of, they maybe got a taste of it, whether it was a friend or somebody they knew who was kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, this retirement thing is kind of cool. Yeah, this is the person that's kind of done a little bit of planning, kind of has an idea of, you know, Social Security, how it works when they might want to think about doing it. And like you said, you know, they're seeing some of their buddies at work retiring and then they get together for lunch and they're like, oh, it's great or maybe not so great. But, you know, they're they're like, yeah, you know, we're able to go work out. My wife and I, we go to the rec center every day and you know, and that's something I'd like to be able to start doing. So these are the people that they're kind of think they're pretty good and they know they're getting close, but they're not quite over that hump yet. And again, having that plan and knowing knowledge is power, right, Walter? I mean, the more information you have, the more, you know, kind of ammunition you have, you can make yourself a better decision. And then again, once you kind of get that plan laid out, then you can see, all right, well, I can be like my friend, you know, Jim, who retired because, yeah, you know, we're, we're in good shape. Yeah, I think that this was a family member of mine was in a similar situation. He had no no plans to, to really retire, had uh, you know planned to work for several more years, but his company kept basically forcing everybody into an early retirement. He kept turning down the packages because he just liked work, and that's kind of he identified through his work in many ways, and so he didn't see why he would want to give that up voluntarily. But then he looked around one day, and he was the oldest one at the company by 20 years, and, you know, he was like, I don't know anybody here anymore all of a sudden. And, you know, it was just kind of like it was he was just a, the company was changing so fast. And then it was almost like he wasn't needed anymore. And it was kind of he was like, well, I almost feel like I'm retired anyway by the, just the way things have transpired all around me. So he kind of fell into this category of like, well, all right, retirement mm-hmm. keeps looking better and better now that I see all my friends retired and out doing their thing and having a good time. And he had some grandkids coming along. So he was like, all right, I guess I'll go ahead and pull the trigger too now. So he, he kind of fell into that into that zone. That one definitely happens uh, for a lot of people. All right. Last but not least, I'm sure these are fun conversations. When you get that person in front of you, Scott, who says, I want to retire tomorrow. If I don't quit this job right now, they might have to put me in an insane asylum. (laughs) (laughs) I think everybody has those days though, don't they? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. No, but you know what? This is I get this a lot. And matter of fact, I just had a client of mine, been a client of mine for two, three years. When they first came into me a few years ago, 
he was already at that point where he's like, you know, I'm just done with this job. There's been mergers. They merge with another company. A lot of the, his peers that he worked with, they were let go and that department's working somewhere else. He's working remotely and he had a calendar and he was just counting down those days. He's like, I got to get out of here. So when we started that plan, we had that with the end in mind. We were, you know, that is the time that we won as a drop dead date when he reached 59 and a half because he had, could have some access to some different uh, stock options that were available to him as well as 59 and a half was the point in which obviously he could start to access his retirement funds that he had put away. So we put together that plan with that end in mind and you know, he benefited greatly from having that, that plan in place because we could lay it all out and we could say, okay, 59 and a half, that's our date. We worked out all the numbers. We made sure that we were, you know, we're delaying taking Social Security. We're not taking it at 62. We're taking it at full retirement age in his particular case. We're funding those years between there. And we were able to get him to a point where, you know, he felt comfortable with it and he knew, you know, that date is actually coming up here in the middle of the year. So we're getting we're getting close. So I just met with them uh, a couple of weeks ago, and yeah, we got everything finalized in place. And uh, he's comfortable; he's ready to go. He's counting down those days on his calendar. So you get all these different personalities coming through your door, Scott, and people are at different levels of the spectrum. You then are what having to tailor the planning process based on where these people are. I mean depending if they're ready to retire tomorrow versus wanting to keep working for the next couple of years versus somewhere in between, does that all then kind of dictate how the rest of the planning process transpires? Absolutely. I mean, you have to remember, you know, I work for my clients. So, you know, not all the times is it able to work out the way they want to. Maybe they say, I want to retire tomorrow. We look at the numbers and they can't, or, you know, maybe something happened. They came in and said, you know, I was never planning on retiring, but this and this and this happened. And now I'm getting forced out. So everybody's situation is different. And yes, where these people are on that spectrum does kind of dictate how we lay everything out, how we do the funding and how we look at taxes for everybody's situation. Because the, the good thing we do is everybody's plan is customized just for them. So it's not a cookie cutter thing. So everything is laid out specifically just for them. Always nice to hear that. And uh, we don't like cookie cutter plans. We want things that are customized to our situations that are comprehensive, making sure no stone is left unturned. All of that is incredibly important. And if you want to talk to Scott about getting a plan in place that looks like that, no matter where you are along the spectrum of your desire to retire, but you want a great plan in place that's customized to you, you can always give a call and start talking about that with Scott at 888-742-0111. Ask any questions that are on your mind from a financial perspective, 888-742-0111, or go to talktoscott.com and schedule a time to meet from your smartphone or computer. Talktoscott.com, your place to go on the website. Well, it's time to get to know Scott just a little bit better on today's show. It's getting to know you time. So, Scott, fun question for you this week. What is an idea, innovation, or invention, something like that, that you hope gets developed in, let's say, the next decade or so? Well, you know what? This is probably something that touches everybody I talk to. But, you know, the one thing I would love to see developed would be a cure for cancer. 
Oh yeah. I mean, that would be nice. I mean, yeah. I mean, it affects everybody. Everybody knows somebody that's had cancer, you know, hopefully that, you know, they, they've kicked it and they're in remission or maybe they passed away from it, but it's such a horrible disease. I know it's touched my life with my mother-in-law and, uh, you know what, if we could knock that thing out, that would be what I would hope for in the next decade. Sooner than that, hopefully. I don't feel so good about sharing my answer because it pales in comparison to, to yours. You <laughs> definitely took the more impactful route there. Um, I was going to say, remember the movie Minority Report? Yeah. With yeah. Tom Cruise, where they're moving, yeah. like they can kind of just make images appear, like almost holograms in front. But you can also move things from one screen to another just by kind of like swiping your hand. Like I'd yes. love to be able to do that, like have something on my phone and then just be able to just like physically like wave my hand to, you know, a computer monitor and now it's there, you know, now it's on the computer monitor or like, you know, throw it up on the TV or up over here and feel like it would just be so much more efficient that way if you could do all that kind of stuff. But yeah, that's really cool. You know what? The <laughs> other night I was flipping through the channels and I saw the remake of the Arnold Schwarzenegger movie Total Recall. They Did they remake that? I didn't even know that there was a remake. Yeah, they remade it. has, uh, I'm so bad with the actors' names, but uh, it's a Was it still called Total Recall? Yeah, it's called Total Recall, but it's a remake. And uh, anyway, they had, the way they were able to track him is they actually have a cell phone embedded into his hand. Nice. And he ended up cutting his hand and pulling it out. And it was kind of like this stringy, glassy looking thing. But it was right in there. And then what you would do is there would be like this big picture glass all over the city. And you would put your hand right up to the picture glass. And you can even do it on like a car window. They would do it on. Then that glass would turn into like a a video, like a FaceTime kind of thing. Okay, yeah. So so you could see the person I was talking to. I mean, that was kind of cool. I mean, again, not as cool as the cure for cancer, but that was that was a neat thing too. Yeah, that is. Uh, Total Recall was uh, made in 2012, remade in 2012. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Colin Farrell. Yeah, he plays the same. That Quaid guy, the same that Arnold played. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. I'm surprised. I feel like I usually hear every movie that Colin Farrell's in, and I had no idea he was in a remake of Total Recall. It did not get great reviews, it looks like. So the most important question here, of course, Scott, is do you like the remake of Total Recall, or was the original way way better? You know, I think the original is better, but I enjoyed the remake. You did? I mean, it wasn't horrible. You know, it's weird. You, You always have in your mind you're talking about you know, you think of the original movie with Arnold and then you've got, you know, Sharon Stone playing his wife and then you got all these new people playing the same roles in a very similar story. They changed it just a little bit, but like 98% of it was the same. Okay. So, gotcha. Yeah. So just, just fresh faces on a, on the same story. Yes. Okay. Cool. Well, glad to hear that it wasn't uh, terrible. So if somebody comes across it, go ahead and check it out. Go ahead and watch it. There you go. Uh, Let's get a great question from one of our listeners here, Scott, to wrap up the podcast today. It's time for the mailbag. We want to hear from you. And this question comes to us from Miles. And Miles is writing in from uh, actually outside the area over in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Miles says, I've worked with a couple of different financial advisors over the years, and I like them both. Do I need to pick just one or the other? Or is it okay to work with 
a couple of different people. Well, you know what, Miles, have you ever heard that saying there are too many cooks in the kitchen and dinner never gets done? It's kind of similar when you were working with any professional and especially a financial professional. I always recommend it, and it's something I require with my clients too, that they work with just one financial advisor, which would be me in that case. And this is the reasoning why. When you find that advisor that you're comfortable with and that, you know, that you're going to work with for the next 10, 15 years throughout your whole retirement, you create a relationship with them. They know everything about you, you know, where kids have gone to school, you know, what you want to do in your retirement, everything about all your different investment accounts. And it gets everything on the same page. It's like if a football team that tried to have two different quarterbacks back there and they're both trying to fight for whichever one is going to call the plays. You need to have just one quarterback back there. And that way, we know all the strategies are working together. We know that the risk level is appropriate for the investments and which accounts are going to be used to fund this. And if you've got a couple of different financial advisors you're working with, then you know, they're not necessarily going to be on the same page. One may be investing a little bit more aggressively than the other. One may do something that the other one doesn't know about. And, you know, clients aren't necessarily the best at communicating that to the other financial advisor either. So I always recommend that you just find one that you're comfortable with, a fiduciary that's going to, you know, work on a fee-based only. It's going to work on the same side of the table as you and then develop that strategy with them. If you're not happy with their strategy, then find another one. But really, you know, having several different financial advisors, it very rarely ever works out for the client. And I've had people come into my office and, and they, you know, they, they say, well, I, I think it's good to diversify. You know, well, we, you know, if we have our money with you and then we have money with the other guy, you know, if, for instance, you know, you're not performing well and he is or, you know, vice versa, you know, it's going to work out for us. And, and that's not, it just doesn't work like that. You need to have a plan or strategy with one guy and get heading in the right direction with just one person. And then you're going to be able to reach your goals and retire the way you want. It's a really good question, Miles. But yeah, it's tough to have everything aligned in the proper way when it's spread out that way. And not everything in life is like that, but this is one of those cases where uh, it most likely is going to be the case. And so got to make sure that the left hand knows what the right hand is doing. And that's tough when things are going to be separated out like that. So it's a really good question to ask, though. Uh, if you'd like to talk with Scott about your own financial planning situation, we've talked on the show today about how important it is to get customized and comprehensive financial guidance. Scott and his team at Skybox Asset Management can certainly help with that. If you want to schedule a time to talk to Scott, just go to talktoscott.com. It's that easy. Talktoscott.com or call 888-742-0111. That's 888-742-0111 to get in touch via phone. Well, Scott, we really appreciate the help on today's show. Enjoy the conversation as usual, and we'll look forward to another good show next time. Absolutely, Walter. I can't wait. Go Strongsville Lax. Very cool. Thank you so much for tuning into the show today. We'll talk to you next time right back here on the Retirement Toolbox. Investment advisory services provided by Skybox Asset Management, LLC.